Welcome to Families for Life, the podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church. On today's episode, we're continuing our marriage series, part three, Roles and Responsibilities. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, Pastor Allen. Hey, Brian. Great how, to be back. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Good. All right. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're going to be looking at continuing our marriage series. Had some good feedback already from the first couple episodes. Yeah. People are enjoying it, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying doing this with you and learning and uh, being able to teach on this subject. So yeah. hopefully it's uh, encouraging to people, and hopefully it's, in some cases maybe it's educational and people can and grow in their marriages. Yeah, That's definitely. Well, you know what to do, folks. Subscribe, give us a review, share with your friends, email us your feedback, all that's in the show notes. But as we jump into marriage, I like to start the episode with a with a fun question. How did you meet your wife? Mm. Well, I met her at church. Uh, it's a pretty uh, standard answer, maybe you would think for a pastor, but I met her as I went to Grace Baptist Church, and she was in the youth group, and I was coming to... Uh, be a part of their youth group to for a special night that they were having coming back from, I believe, a mission trip. And my brother was actually the worship pastor there, and he invited me to come over. And the rest is history, as they say, because as I went, I saw my wife, and I saw a whole bunch of kids, and I just kept going. And You felt like the Lord was calling you to attend Grace Baptist Church yes, after es- that? especially <laughs> after seeing that bevy of young ladies there. So I was a very spiritual young man. So, Well, I as well uh, met my wife at church as well. So we we met. We didn't go to the same school or anything, but we ended, we were at the same yeah. church, and so that's where we met and uh, just got to know each other through the youth group activities. She was a couple years younger, so um, you so know, we Paula was younger, <coughs> two years younger than me too. Yep. So yep. So we didn't date right away, but right. yeah, awesome. Yeah, we didn't either, but I wanted to. So yeah, you know, so <laughs> I was convinced she it took her a bit. Yeah, so that's okay. She came around. The Lord had to give her a little more convincing. That's right. yeah, yeah, she just had to mature some. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this episode, we're talking about roles and responsibilities. Uh, I think this is uh, one of the most misunderstood subjects. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I would definitely think that's the case. Uh, for I think different reasons, but sometimes it's you know people make characters up in their mind of what they think. Um, the people are like that would fulfill the role of Ephesians that you find in Ephesians five. Right. Um, there, there's all kind of reasons for the misunderstandings, but there, there's a lot. It's interesting. Some of the stereotypes that people come up with when they look at Ephesians five, they're not really reading the text because if you're in the text, as we'll talk about, you're reflecting the character of Christ. Right. And and the the caricatures that people come up with do not reflect Christ. Right. Exactly. Oftentimes. Of course not. And the, that special relationship between Christ and the church is is the comparison that's made there. Yeah. And we just kind of run right past that, it seems like, uh, because we go right to what it says about the specific role. Mm-hmm. And we kind of lose the context of Christ and the church in the conversations of that. Have you found this to be a controversial subject in church as you're teaching on this or preaching on this or talking about this? Um, yes, I have. But I think sometimes it's the difference is, a lot of times people in the churches I pastor will say, oh, yeah, I, I believe in these roles. But it's different when they are supposedly living them out. They may say, yes, I believe in the roles, but when 
you start looking at marriages or people start having marital issues and you start looking at the marriage in light of the scriptures, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect sometimes. Yeah. They, 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 they think they believe in the roles, but they don't so much sometimes walk in those roles. Yeah. And that's the problem. Yeah. Well, and I think that culture uh, definitely misunderstands this. And this is where a lot of the negative stereotypes about this stuff come from is from culture. They look at the church and say, and and to be honest, there has been some poor teaching on this subject coming out of the church as well. And that's not helped. Yeah, no, not at all. And, and so that's why we need to be clear on what it is saying and what the roles are saying and what they're not saying. And, uh, you know, there's been even some debate even here more recently of, uh, people holding to these roles and how these roles could lead to abusive women in a, in a marriage. And I just, outright reject that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if you are looking at fulfilling these roles from a biblical understanding and perspective, mm-hmm. this is an elevation of both people yeah. in the marriage relationship. It's not a denigration of, of the woman or the man. That's good. In fact, if they if you think about the Christian marriage and what's written here in Ephesians 5, this was, especially in that context, this was an elevation of marriage mm-hmm. from the cultures that were all around Christianity mm-hmm. because the cultures around Christianity at that time Marriages were not seen in a loving relationship. They were seen more of a, a relationship that was based more on seeing women as property mm-hmm. and uh, really a kind of a loveless relationships more than just f- they were functional relationships for a reason. Yeah. But this was an elevation of the people in the marriage yeah. based on the relationship of Christ and the church. So mm-hmm. this was a this was a great elevation of that relationship. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Well, I think I think the bottom line is even if you don't hold to biblical roles, there are no roleless marriage. But here's the thing, because the noise of our culture is so loud and confusing, few people know what the roles are and how they should work. But I believe in the midst of this confusion, God has clearly spoken through his word on how marriage is supposed to work. So we're going to look and we're going to dive into the scripture. You've already alluded to one of the big passages we're going to look at in Ephesians chapter 5. We'll read that in a little bit. But it's not, I don't think it's as confusing or controversial if we are good students of the word and if we'll live out the word in our lives in, in, a, in a real practical way. Right. I think it's just as we are, as we come to faith in Christ, we understand that his word informs all areas mm-hmm. of our lives and, and really, God's Word trumps our experiences uh, that we've had in life. And so a lot of times what happens is the influences are, if you would ask the question, what influences uh, or thoughts, uh, what, what influences our thoughts on the roles of marriage mm-hmm. are things like our lived experience in our families of what we saw in the marriage relationship of our mothers and fathers. And the problem with that is sometimes... Maybe that was a biblical view, and many times often not. Right. And so if we use our uh, influences uh, that we experienced in life as the gold standard of the truth for marriage, we're going to end up in a place we don't want to be. So that's why we've constantly got to run back to not culture or our experiences, but back to what is God's Word saying about marriage. So. Yeah. One thing that we really focus on when we think about these roles is the function rather than the actual role. We focus on the outworking, the practical, uh, sort of small things as I call them. We focus on who works, who stays home, who's assertive, who's meek, who cares for the children, who who cooks the food. But those are not the roles that the Bible describes. We need to understand the Bible gives us a framework for marriage and how we flesh it out. The, the practical specifics, I believe, is left up to the couple. We focus on 
the small stuff, and, and we miss the big picture. Couples can work out, figure out some of these small details, uh, who, who works, who, who's going to do the dishes, who's going to pick up the kids, and those type of things. Those are not necessarily dealing with the roles. Those are small stuff. But there is a biblical framework that we have to see, that we have to understand, that everybody, every Christian has to live within, correct? Yeah, right. I don't think we get sidetracked with the... With these other um, uh, issues that you were just referring to, but the the core uh, reason for the role mm-hmm. and and is the husband functioning in that core right. uh, responsibility that he has in yeah. his role? Is the wife functioning in her core um, role as well? Yeah, and functioning in those. Yeah, and that's what we're we're pointing out here. There there is a core role. That's the essential function that God has given husbands and wives to fulfill in their marriage. Each spouse, husband. And wife has one of those. And then there's also a core response. So this is the primary response that God requires from men and women in order to enable and encourage their spouse to fulfill their core role. So there's a role everybody fulfills, and then the husband responds to the wife a certain way, the wife responds to a husband a certain way. Right. Yes. Well, let's dive into the first core or the, the core role for the husband, which is servant leader. Servant leader. And we find this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, For the husband is the head of his wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and it is himself its Savior. There's another verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that says, Now I commend to you because you remember me in everything and maintain traditions, even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. The head of the church is God. And so a lot of times when we talk about this, we use the word headship, right? But that that does have a lot of negative things with it. So we're going to use the term, I like the term servant leader. Do you agree? Do you like that term? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that is how the, that is how the husband is to function right. in, as the head. As the head. Yes. In the home. And, mm-hmm. and he's not the head as in the sense of I'm the boss right. or uh, I'm the I'm the one that you uh, cater to, mm-hmm. but it's more the giving of the the husband gives himself away right. for his wife and his family mm-hmm. in such a way that he is leading them with a servant's heart as right. Christ came to to serve and not to be served. Yeah. So the husband is the head as, as and the model for that is Christ. Why is that important to remember? Right. Well, I mean, well, I mean, just think about the life of Christ and, we know that he lived out his life uh, in perfection. Now we know that we won't be perfect, perfect, but that we know that his motives, his his heart's desires, were the things that we should strive for. And especially as husbands, that you just look at Christ's Christ's ministry, what marked him. I mean, it was his it was his sacrifice, it was his humility, it was his servanthood, mm-hmm. it was all of these things. These are the things that, as we as 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 husbands emulate in our life, right. we will function. Mm-hmm as servant leader to uh, our, our wives. In fact, I've, I've said oftentimes that, really, if people would just understand these roles, if a husband will take the responsibility to be the head, to be the servant leader, to lead out and to treat his wife, to love his wife this way, mm-hmm. the debates over the roles will go away. Mm. Because, because, you know, what woman would not want to be loved as Christ loved the church? Mm-hmm. And as our wives feel that love and, and uh, our uh, the recipients of that love, it's gonna. We're gonna make it that much easier for her to fulfill her role. She'll mm-hmm. she'll want to yeah. walk in that role. 
Yeah, I love this passage in Mark chapter 10, and this kind of gives us an example of how Jesus led, where it says, And Jesus called them to him and said, You know that those who considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be among you, but whoever will be great among you must be your servant. Whoever must be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If husbands would take that to heart and live that out, would live that truth out of serving their family, loving their family, leading their family in that way, man, that would that would change so much. Just like you said, it would it would change the whole dynamic of of family. Yeah, and that's why these roles are so are just that important in a right understanding of what it means for the husband to be the head yeah. and for him to be this servant leader in the home. See, he's assuming things like overall responsibility for the direction of his family, and he's going to take the initiative to serve the needs of his wife and his right. family. So mm. that's that's really important. Um, you know, I, we were at a men's we were maybe at this men's conference together, and a pastor said, you know, that w- one of the main goals of the husband at the end of the day, is for him to exhaust himself for mm-hmm. his wife and his family. Mm-hmm. Meaning, guys, we may go to work all day. We may go and earn our money. But mm-hmm. but really, when we get home, we're not off the clock. Mm-hmm. That's when we have this opportunity to really serve and to love our wives and our children well. Right. As we say, you know, I'm here now. Now, you know, wives, it may be good. Hey, give us a minute to catch our breath. Yeah. You know, whatever. Let's eat some dinner. But husbands, we... He said, this pastor said he made it his goal to go to, to exhaust himself for his wife and his children. Right. So go to bed exhausted, willing to serve them. And, uh, you know, I think that needs to be played out, of course, in an understanding way. You mm-hmm. know, you know, surely a wife would not say, well, you're still breathing, so you still got some more serving to do, you know? No, no. But, uh, yeah, the wife doesn't need to take advantage of that. But I do agree with you that, you know, this term, you know, we, we are uh, – really focused on like me time or my time, you know, and, and that's not bad to have a little time to yourself, but man, if you're, if you, as soon as you get off work and you go home and you think you're done and the rest of your night is me time and you've got a wife and you've got children, you, you need a wake up call. Yeah. Right. You, if we're honest, that's not loving your wife as Christ loved the church. Right. You know, if your main goal when you get home is to get some food and grab the remote uh, and kind of check out, then we're doing a grave disservice to, to our to our relationships. Mm-hmm. And so a biblical Christian marriage would call a man to, yes, fill the role of servant mm-hmm. leader, giving himself away, being willing to lead out in that yeah. in that act. Well, as he looks at his wife, the, the, the servant leadership means he assumes the responsibility to maximize his wife's gifts and abilities. You yeah, know? right. Yeah, that's part of, you know, and it also tells us that we're to study our wives and to know our wives. And so yeah. we, we want to serve them in such a way that they... Uh, once again, are finding a fulfillment in the marriage relationship. I, I say this all the time. People probably get tired of hearing it. But the goal of a Christian marriage is not to just endure marriage. The goal of a Christian marriage is to is to, um, is to to find fulfillment in that relationship mm-hmm. as you become one flesh together. You're living these roles out together. There's fulfillment to be found in that, not, right. just, not just endure the relationship. Right, mm-hmm. He also pours his, uh, out his life on his wife's behalf so he can become all that God intended. I think we mentioned that right. in some of what we've said. He denies himself and gives of his life on behalf of his wife and family. That's more of kind of we, we've covered that. The one thing that I think is really important for, for us to think about is he takes the initiative. 
Right. And that's that's really what separates uh, God. It's not that the, the man is perfect. He's not going to do everything right, but he's taking the initiative to lead his family. Right. He's just taking he's taking his responsibility seriously, mm-hmm. and he's, so he's taking initiative. Right. So uh, he's going to initiate being the spiritual leader in the home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the, the husband's smarter than the wife. It just means that's part of our role is to be the initiator of the spiritual development in our home to to help invest in our wives spiritually and our children. And sometimes that can be intimidating for guys. I mean, let's just be honest. But, you know, guys, you don't have to have a seminary degree to do that. Uh-huh. You don't you just have to have a heart to serve the Lord and love yeah. the Lord and find, you know, there's a lot of even good little resources that can help you in that. Right. And uh it's just important for us to take a, an initiative in that. You know, an initiative in in just asking, even in the relational aspects of our of our relationships, you know, taking initiative when forgiveness needs mm-hmm. to be asked for, or resolving conflict to ensure that you know the 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 home is a place of uh, you know encouragement and safety, and mm-hmm. so to be that spiritual leader in the sense that you we are looking as husbands to to lead to do right things in the spiritual realm of life, in relationships and all those types of yeah. things. It's taking care of your wife in, in practical issues. Maybe it's in the area of finances, making sure your wife feels financially secure. It's it's thinking about the things that need to get done around the house and, and not just leaving everything undone, which, you know, it's it's making sure that your wife feels that she's loved by you being willing to do the things you need to do. Yeah. The little things go a long way yeah. too, you know, cause it's, it's just another reminder of, Hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about you, you know, I'm, I'm willing to kind of help lead out and do my part around right here. And so I think if guys would just see there's a responsibility and a privilege in lovingly leading your family in this way, this is not, God did not put us on this to be a, a burden, but there is a weight to it. There is a responsibility that we have to rise to as men, and it's a privilege that we get to do this. Yeah, I, I, it's just something to be said about taking uh, responsibility for your family as the head, as the servant leader. Uh, and, and I would just say this about this. I've said this at different times, but I think it's important to say, uh, you know, when when uh, Paul and I, when we are discussing an issue, I think any husband that's got a brain in his head understands that your wife is your partner to uh, to do life with. And so when it comes to making decisions or uh, whether it be financial or otherwise, whatever it may be, uh, that we have discussions about that mm-hmm. and that I see my wife, I see Paula as a resource that God has blessed me with that, yes, as I'm fulfilling the role of leader in the home, but I'm going to consult with my wife about the issues of that concern our home. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I would have to say that we pretty much are on the same page after that. We kind of kind of understand together what mm-hmm. we're going to do. But there are times that something will come up that we've discussed it that really she's like really not sure clear what to do. Maybe I'm not even real clear what to do, but uh, you've got to make a decision. And I do believe that it's in those instances that the husband is called as leader in the home to to bear the responsibility of those decisions. Mm-hmm. And so if a decision needs to, be made, needs to be made and you all have discussed it, I think there are times that the husband needs to step up and say, "Hun, this is what we're going to do. And if it works out well, we, it's good for all of us. If it doesn't work out right, then I'll take the responsibility mm-hmm. for that. But that's part, I believe, of 
being the head, leading, serving your wife in the home and being willing to take that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the core uh, role for for the husband, but the core response of the wife to the husband's role is submission. And this is where we get into um, Ephesians 5, 22 through 24, where it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So this right here is part of what's misunderstood. Why is submission... uh, a misunderstood topic. Well, I think because number one, we value autonomy. Uh, we value um, like our own desires. Individuality, individuality is huge in, our culture. in our culture. But if we think back to even just as Christians, we are all called to submit. Mm-hmm. We all submit unto the Lord. Submission is part of what we are to do in our lives as a Christian. It just happens to be in the role of the marriage. This idea of understanding the wife submitting to, it's mm-hmm. this idea of lining up under and supporting the husband. So mm-hmm. it's it's not you're submitting because you bring less to the table. Right. Uh, it's not submitting because your husband's so much smarter than you. Mm-hmm. It's no, it's your heart's desire to line up under to help support the one that God has given you as a husband. Mm-hmm. And we, once again, don't forget it says now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives also submit in everything to their husbands. Yeah. So we're looking at this really positive example mm-hmm. of how this works between the church and Christ, and right. how the church willingly submits to Christ. Why? Because there is a respect there. There is a trust there. There is a. It makes sense for that to happen. And as a husband lovingly leads and serves the wife, it is going to make it that much easier for the wife to line up under and mm-hmm. support him as her husband. Yeah. Well, and in reality, isn't submission a, a virtue of all Christians? You know, Christ being our example, he willingly submitted to God the Father. I mean, that was our, our the first example. And then as Christians, we willingly submit to Christ. We're called to submit to Christ. Everyone, male and female, husband and wife. We're we're called to submit to church leadership. We're called to submit to governing authorities. We're called, even in Ephesians 21, to give submission to one another, deference to to one another. To each other, that's exactly right. And so submission is not something that's foreign to the Christian or should not be foreign to the Christian because it's something that we do all the time. All Christians should be walking in this. But once again, it's not just a marriage relationship, but I think Christians in general, oftentimes we struggle with submission with this idea of submitting to whether it's the government at times then we we feel like we shouldn't have to submit because of this or that or what they've done or it could be even the church you know that the, mm-hmm. the submitting to the leadership of the church it's like yes i'll do that as long as everything's going the way that i think it should go right but the test of submission is will you submit in that role as long as that leadership is giving godly right. uh, direction that that should be followed mm-hmm. you know and yeah. so we all find ourselves um functioning in submission in some regard mm-hmm. but the wife in the role in the in the home of lovingly uh supporting lining up mm-hmm. with and under her husband yeah i like this definition it says submission is the defined calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and so help to carry it through 
according to her gifts. Right. And, and really, guys, if you're, if you're a husband, like I already said, you need to make that really, really easy for your, for your wife to do. Um, it, it should be like a no-brainer. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you love her, you serve her in such a way that it makes it easy for her heart's desire to be to right. support you. Right. Um, it makes it much more difficult if a husband is not functioning in his role and he's to be leading out in this. Right. And so it's not like guys, husbands stand back and say, well, you know, if my wife will do what she's supposed to do, then I'll do what I'm supposed to do. No, right. it's it's us leading, taking the lead of, of loving as Christ loved the church. And, and let's make it the goal to make it very easy for our wives. Well, to, to live that out. Right. And here's the thing. Husbands, we're not told to order our wives to submit, right? What it says here is submission is something a woman does to reflect spiritual maturity and Christ-likeness. So you're submitting to your husband because that's what Jesus has called you to do, right? It's important to remember that. This is this is a, a spiritual maturity issue here. And it's not that it's not that the husband is lording over you. It actually means empowering your husband to lead. Yeah. And so by your example, by your husband, hopefully servant servant leading, but even if he's not, by you submitting and, and praying for him and supporting him, you're going to hopefully empower him to lead out. Right. I totally agree with that. I wanted to share something that uh, my theology professor uh, had a whole series mm. of notes uh, from from seminary, Dr. Danny Aiken, uh, he has a little section here about what husbands and wives are not. And I mm. think that's helpful at this point. And he just said, a, a husband is not a dictator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not the one who lives to order your wife around. He, he's not to be a frustrated drill sergeant in mm-hmm. his home. You know, so husbands, you aren't a dictator. Uh, you aren't your wife's father. You're not the one who disciplines your wife. Uh, you're not to treat her like she's one of the children in a demeaning way. You, husbands, you're not uh, the exclusive decision maker. That's not what it means. Uh, you're not her superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're her servant leader. Right. That. So. So that's what you're not. Those things. And then wives also here. You're not. You're not a doormat mm-hmm. to someone to be walked on. Someone to to uh, take uh, a verbal or or physical or, God forbid, any sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. You are not a doormat. You have equal worth mm-hmm. and value yeah. in the eyes of God. You are not a silent partner. You're not just a mindless dependent who has no voice mm-hmm. in the marriage. And you're also, you're not inferior. Uh, you know, you, you are... You are uh, uh, you relate to your husband as God the Son does to God the Father, mm-hmm. as the church does to Christ. So she's essentially equal to her husband, and so her submission is functional and, and relational. And so mm-hmm. that's just we need to remember those things. You are not those things, husbands, and wives, you are not those things. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, I found a similar article about six things submission or not, and so uh, six things submission is not. And uh, just to pick up on a couple of things that you mentioned. I thought, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things is submission is not putting the will of the husband before the will of Christ. And I think that's really important for, because people think that, you know, if your husband is calling you to do something that is unbiblical, illegal, immoral, uh, if there's any sort of abuse, anything like that, that, that is when that, I mean, that is not when you should need to put yourself yeah. under that person. Yeah, you don't follow that. Right. You, that's not that's not godly right. servant leadership. If anything those ever occurred, then you have every 
Right, and right. you should uh, reject supporting right. anything like Headship that. Headship doesn't mean that your wife lives in fear of you. Your wife should not be living or acting in fear. It should be something to where you know your your wife is feels free to express her opinion, feels free to to talk about anything that she needs to talk about. Yeah, and that that's a good word right there, Brian. In fact, that's a word for the church. Mm. That's a word for the men in the church. Because if there would be a married couple in the church and it is known or it is apparent that 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 wife is uh, uh, being treated in, mm. in ungodly ways or she is in fear or anything like that. It, it is incumbent upon the church, I believe, the men in the church to step mm. in and yeah. to speak truth into that man's life and to make sure that no woman is ever treated in any type of abuse yeah. situation because that would not honor God. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Was there anything else on that list that, that jumped out at you? Um, well, it's, it's a good list. I mean, it's just, uh, it's very similar to what, yeah, I, yeah. I, I said some similar things there, so I, I, I we don't need to rehash all I, that. I should have looked at the show notes. No, no, better. no, you did. You did <laughs> but, good. I appreciate you bringing that because that does give another theological perspective, uh, on what it means to be in submission. Yeah. But I think the one the submitting is not putting the will of the husband mm-hmm. before the will of Christ. Yeah. No husband ever has the, the authority or should ever try to ever put his will above that of Christ. Right. So. You know, and that, that does go to say something, you know, as a personal um, thing, you know, so much of my life early on was, was trying to get my things accomplished. I went to seminary and I'm trying to get into ministry and my wife gave and sacrificed so much to do so many things. And at one point I realized, boy, I was awfully selfish in, you know, this is all about me. And I turned to my wife and I just, I was like, what, what do you, what, what are your dreams? What are your, what is God calling you to do? Yeah. And that's when we began to have discussions about homeschooling and she felt a call and uh, God calling her to do that. And we had never really even thought about that. In fact, our oldest daughter had gone to kindergarten, like, you know, gone to school, but she wanted to do that. She felt a special calling to do that. And so that began, that discussion began other discussions and seeing her fulfill what God has called her to do. And so that, that's really neat when you, when husbands, we will see that and kind of allow those or not allow, but, but encourage those gifts, encourage those, those dreams that your wife has. Yeah, no, that's really good. So uh, remember submission is the response to her husband, not the, not her core role. And husbands, I would say this to you. If you see a problem in your marriage, especially in this area of headship or submission, you need to look in the mirror. Yeah. Don't look at your wife. Don't look at your kids. Look in the mirror at your leadership and, and see if you're giving God-honoring leadership, and then and then you can figure out where everything else is at. Right. And listen, none of us live out perfect marriages. And uh, it's just very helpful in the church. If men, if you know your marriage is not where it needs to be, and you can be honest about that. And sometimes you may need help in your marriage. You know, you need, and we say this all the time, but I mean, we have people at church. There, You have pastors, mm-hmm. you have elders. There are people, brothers and sisters in Christ, who have some training even in biblical counseling. And it's just discipleship. It is, it is going to biblical principles and helping people uh, grow in areas of their life where they need to grow. And sometimes that's in our marriages. And so, but, but guys take the initiative. Don't, don't put off, um, an unhealthy dynamic in your marriage. Just go ahead and let's deal with it. Let's get it fixed and be the leader in saying, Hey, you know what? Let's, 
let's work on this. Mm -hmm. This is not where it needs to be. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the core role for a wife. This is a helper slash caretaker. And this is Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. We talked about what all that meant a couple episodes ago. It also says in Titus 2, Older women likewise be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. And so here we have a couple passages that point out this idea of helper, this idea of someone who is a partner for the husband that is helping to fill those gaps. You know, there's there are gaps in, in the husband. God recognized that. He's not complete. He needed a wife, and the wife is uniquely qualified to fill those gaps. And so we understand that's that's where God has created the wife to be a helper. That's her role. And also created her to be a, a caretaker. Now, um, when directed in a Christ-like way, I believe women will want to nurture. They will want to have a family and take care of it. Now, this doesn't mean that men don't nurture. They don't They don't participate. They're, they're in the middle do, of doing things, of raising children as well. But that's not their primary role. But this is something that the culture has really taken to task in you know, we think about traditional roles, biblical roles, Christian values, and um, this is something that culture has disagreed with, and really the church has kind of shrunk back from this, from this type of thinking. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it really goes to the one flesh idea of mm-hmm. us growing together and us, and, and that we are bringing value to one another. Mm-hmm. But husbands, I believe a wife is made uniquely in to be that partner, to be that help. Mm-hmm. And I know just even in my my marriage with Paula, I mean, it's very apparent the strong suits that my wife has mm-hmm. that that the things that I don't have, and she helps me to make up for my lack in, in certain areas. And then God, you know, of course, hopefully uses me in some ways in her life as well. But mm-hmm. as, as a man knows and is in relationship with a woman who wants to support, who wants to help and encourage him in his leading of the family, mm-hmm. that's that's just kind of pouring fuel on the fire for a man. Because if, if I know that my wife's with me and if she's got my back and she's there to support me and help me, it, it's just, it's everything's just going to go better all the way around. And, and that idea of helper... But the caretaker as well, you know, it's not, like you said, it's not just the role of the wife to be the caretaker, but my wife definitely leads out in that mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And she kind of sets the tone in our, in our, in our household mm-hmm. and her desire to, for the home and for our kids and, and for and what happens in the home just makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Well, I think being a, a wife and a mother should be a, the priority to the wife, just like being a husband and father should be the priority to the man. You know, we think about we think about work and careers, and this is not to say that women or men should should not work or or should work, but careers and achievements will, will come and go. You're called to have one marriage. You've got to invest in it. You've got to invest in your spouse. You have to fulfill the roles. You have one family. The kids, as I'm learning and as you've learned, your kids don't stay young forever. No. And you get one go around with them. Right. And so you need to take that time to invest in your wife, invest in your kids when you have that time. Because, you know, I, I just I just think we place so much emphasis on career. And that is important. Don't get me wrong. But it's it's 
it's I believe it should be below your family, below your spouse. Yeah. Oh, yes, for sure. But just even like Proverbs thirty one, the the mm-hmm. you know the white here that woman is a she was an example of a strong, very yes. competent woman. She was not. Uh, she yes, she was. She worked out of the home. She was successful in that regard. But there was a great care. Mm-hmm. And a great commitment that she had to the home as a caretaker, caregiver, yeah. uh, as well in that if, role. If you so. read that, I mean, I just want people to understand that passage is is supposed to be the the model woman, the biblical woman, and she is something that is a a force. You know what I'm saying? She's not necessarily this this wallflower type woman. She's out getting busy, getting after it, taking care of her family taking care of her household and and it is it is something that is a is a great example for for women to look to. Yeah, and when you have a wife and a mother like that uh even as the 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 response of the husband to the wife uh wife's core role is going to be that she should be praised mm-hmm. and she should be honored for yes. the way in which she's carrying herself. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 31 uh verses 28 through 29 says her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also and he praises her. Many women have done done excellency, but you surpass them all. Right. And so there is this understanding that as she is serving, as she's investing, uh, she is also fulfilling or living that life out, mm-hmm. the life out that should be praised, and she should be honored in that role in the home. Yeah, that's the that's the core response of the husband to the wife's core role, which is praise. And honor, and I believe that this is crucial. I believe that men we don't we don't fully get how our attitude and actions and words affect our wives. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, James makes it very clear uh, about the power of the tongue, and and I just read a few Sundays back. I was talking about the 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 power of life and death is in the tongue. And in the book of Psalms, I think it was Psalm 134, we talk about God guard the, guard my mouth, mm-hmm. you know, put a put a uh, door on my mouth. Uh, I, I can't quote it now. But anyways, uh, that reality of watching our words and how powerful they are are very important. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, I've heard it put this way. Women are like flowers. If they are tended properly, they will bloom. But neglected, they will wither. And so, men, we've got to make sure that we are making sure that our wives know how, how blessed and amazing and, and, you know, don't just, you know, um, I think you've said this before, you know, you've told your wife, um, I love you at the altar and I'll let you know if it changes, you know, don't, don't be that guy that, that is not able to share and, you know, let your wife know how much she means to you. Yeah, no, we should, we, our wife should not have to guess how we feel about them and uh, we should let them know, uh, often, that uh, they are loved and we appreciate them. I think sometimes, when, especially when we're married for a number of years, it's easy to take each other for granted. Mm-hmm. And so this could work both ways for the husband and the wife. The mm-hmm. husband doesn't need to be to feel taken for granted of, but we sure don't need to take our wives for granted. Right. And just that she is faithful, she is there, she is doing, and you know she'll do it. And we just walk through accepting her help and mm-hmm. her blessings, but we are so callous that we aren't taking the time to give her praise and honor and really thank her and not take her for granted. Right. So. Well, and, I, and I've heard it said that, you know, you men will set the tone in your household. You will be the thermostat and your wife will be the thermometer. Yeah. 
You know, so as you set the tone, your wife will reflect that. And if you don't like what's being reflected, then you need to look in the mirror and see how am I, the thermostat, setting the tone, the the the, the temperature in my house. Mm, that's good. Well, I think um, I think that leads us to you know kind of be wrapping things up here. You know, I think we need to remember that uh, roles, you know, they they address one's responsibility but not one's value. And I really think I want to make this clear that both husband and wife are of equal value and worth for God and one another. I think that's so important to mention. We've talked about this before when we talked in our first episode, but I just want to reiterate that your value and worth is all wrapped up in who Christ is, not who your husband is, not who your wife is. But we do have these roles that we have to fulfill in our marriage. Right. You know, so we just have to be okay with the reality that it's God who ordained these roles. Uh, this was God's idea, and marriage was his idea. These roles were God's ideas, and we should be okay with that and say, okay, this is what God would have for us, and that we are in these roles, but our equal worth and value is the same because we're all made in the image of God. We all have an equal value in essence. Right. Well, the Bible sets forth these roles, but here's the reality. There are no role-less marriage. If you buck against scripture and you say, I don't, I don't believe that. I'm not going to follow that. You will find yourself in some type of role in your marriage and it won't be the right one. The only way you will have a biblically fulfilling marriage is to honor these roles and strive to fulfill them. And this is not something, you know, I want to, again, I want to reiterate men, we have a calling and it is a responsibility on our lives. Like you've said before, this is not something that we get like an extra, um, we get like an extra bonus because we're a man. In fact, it's the other way around. We have an extra responsibility because we're a man. We're accountable for our families. We're accountable for our wife and for our children. And so we got to think about that. This is a responsibility that we have. Yeah, it's just how God's ordained it, and it it, it is what it is, right? And so we we should function in the role mm -hmm. and see that it's important. So we need to live in this biblical framework. We can work out the details of the small stuff, but listen, we can't budge on, on this big stuff. We've got to fulfill these roles. It is vital for the success and health of our marriages. Yeah. And I, I think I said, even on our Valentine's banquet, I, I just said that, uh, you know, we, we can't be ashamed of Ephesians five, right? Uh, we can't like be embarrassed by it. Like, oh, well, yeah, I know this is a Christian marriage and it's kind of embarrassing to talk about. No, we should run to it and understand, no, this is what God's ordained and it is good, but have a right understanding of the roles so you can be in a, in a marriage that you're not enduring, but that you can enjoy and you can find a fulfillment in. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Well, hopefully this has been helpful for you and, and you've, uh, You've kind of seen what the Bible lays out here. If you have any feedback, any questions, please let us know. As we've said before, if you need uh, marriage counseling, free biblical counseling, you're in the Evansville area, tri-state area, let us know. We'd love to uh, help you out with that. Yeah, it'd be great. I'm really enjoying the time together, Brian. I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to next time. All right. Well, we'll see you next time.